and all to another edition of The Hometowner. This is episode three, and I'm going to make a Star Wars joke for as long as we can. We are going to be better than Revenge of the Sith. I didn't mind Revenge of the Sith. I thought that was a decent Star Wars movie. I know a lot of people hated that entire prequel trilogy and the new Disney trilogy, but uh, you know I was okay with episode three, and I was actually okay with the Disney trilogy. But you're here for The Hometowner, which is not a trilogy. It's not a limited series. It is going to go on uh, probably till the end of time, till till the end of uh, me wanting to talk into a microphone, and then I'll pass it on to somebody else if they want to keep talking about it too. And uh, good guest on tap for this week's show. I didn't have to go uh, far or get in a lot of contact to find this guy. I, I got into work today, put my stuff down, walked about 15 feet over to Mark Chalette's desk, and I said, hey, Mark, you've had kind of a busy week, and you got another busy week coming up. Can you uh, be my guest on the podcast this week to make it even busier? And he was like, I think I can, I think I can spring that. I, a 15, 20-minute conversation with Mark Chalette was going to be a lot easier than what he did over the weekend, which was spending uh, – what was your time in the race? Spending six hours doing the Frankfurt Ironman Triathlon, and uh, he's going to spend a lot of hours this week helping us cover the Patriot game. And not only does he help us cover the Patriot game because he loves football, but uh, he's had – his two sons play in this game over the last several years. In fact, his younger son's final season with the Traverse City West Titans is wrapping up, and so it's his final Patriot game. So there's a lot of cool emotions mixed in there. So we talk with Mark about both the Frankfurt Ironman races and the upcoming Patriot game, so stick around for that. A very cool interview about the, the buzzworthy things going around northern Michigan right now. And, of course, after that, we are going to dive into what – you maybe want to hear, maybe you don't want to hear. Maybe after the interview, everybody just goes, all right, let me go back to my uh, Joel Rogan podcast or Office Ladies, whatever the pop one, popular one you guys have been listening to lately that is not the hometowner. Although I'm not going to lie, when I saw my, my shtick pop up on Spotify with all the rest of my podcasts, I got pretty excited in that nice little cartoon face that uh, our promo girl, Julie. Julia's last name is Worsecki, right? Our promo girl, Julia Warsecki, drew for me uh, while, while we were propositioning this podcast to make it become a reality. So, talented artist, and uh, hey, if that's the best we can do for me in a caricature, I'm all for it. So, I think the big theme this week has got to be the TC Patriot game. The Red Wings actually are going to be in town as an organization later this week as well, starting the Prospects Tournament at Center Ice. That's going to get going on Thursday night, and then next week we're going to have the actual training camp with the actual Red Wings. So, in next week's podcast, we'll dive a little more into the hockey talk, probably in the two weeks here, because then that'll cover when I go to training camp next week. But this week, it's it's kind of all about the Patriot game, and if you didn't know, the game is going to be on our sister station. It's going to be televised on Bally Sports Plus, not the main Bally Sports. That'll probably have the Tigers-Rays game this Friday. I'm assuming most people in the state probably want to watch that a little more than Traverse City Central and Traverse City West, but I think you'd be surprised how many people even outside of the Traverse area want to check out this rivalry. I know a lot of people across the state have probably heard about the Patriot game and how big a rivals these two are. It's it's the biggest football game, you know, this side north of Midland and Mount Pleasant and Grand Rapids, no doubt about it. So uh, it's it's always a unique atmosphere. Central's kind of had their hand in it for a couple of years, but for the most part, the past 10 years, it's been a pretty back-and-forth series and some close finishes, which is, as a football fan, I think what we all really want to see. Central is 2-1 and one on the season. West is 3-0, and oh, coming off that BNC opening win over Cadillac, which was big because that was at Cadillac, and that's another strong Cadillac team. 
that uh, made the state finals a year ago. So West schedule-wise is pretty checked in, and you can't say that Central schedule-wise isn't checked in because their one loss is to DeWitt, which a lot of people assume, even in Division Three is still one of the best teams in the entire state. So even in a loss, Central takes a lot from that game, especially being at the big house, that they're probably going to use, hopefully, to their advantage in their minds for this game on Friday night. And, of course, the biggest element of all, we played this game last year, but it was for minimal audience. It was during the middle of the pandemic when we didn't really know how to handle things. I mean, even now, we're still kind of working our way through, so the safest way to handle things. But back then, it was still square one. Let's just play the game, minimal fans. I know we offered we optioned to stream the game last year online for those of you who caught it there. Uh, maybe you listen to it on the radio, whatever was uh, the best way you were going to enjoy it. But it was a different Patriot game a year ago. Uh, this year will be a lot more like the other ones in the past, including the Patriot game ceremonies before honoring the veterans and servicemen and women that are on hand uh, for the, all the sacrifices they've made for us and our country to uh, be able to have moments like this and games like this and enjoy our lives like this here in America. So it, it never gets old paying tribute to them because they've done so much for us. So obviously it's it's kind of like a 1A, 1B way of spending that Friday night. You, I, I don't know how the players and coaches do it. They go on the field and shake those guys' hands and devote so much appreciation and support to them and then flip a switch and immediately, boom, we're going into a football game, flip the coin, kick it off. Here we go. Where's the Gatorade? Uh, it's <laughs> I don't know how – they do that. They do. I know other athletes do it in other sports as well. And every time it's amazing to see the, the mental shift and focus that it takes to do that. And that's what we're excited to see for the game on Friday night. So why not? Let's take this opportunity to shift over to Mark since he is coming off what is a very impressive mental and physical achievement in doing his fourth Ironman Spoiler alert, you're going to hear that in the interview as well, but he's done several Ironmans in his life already, and this is another one for the pile, but he, he still has a lot of cool things to say about this one, especially with the switch from the Traverse City course to the Frankfurt course this year, and then we're going to touch on the Patriot game with Mark, so let's check in with our main news anchor right now. All right, and here we are with the least amount of travel distance to bring in a guest. <laughs> that would be Mark Shalette this week. Mark, thanks for joining us at work, where you work as well. Uh, pretty crazy few weeks for you. Let's start with the past. Uh, you're a day removed from yet another. How many Ironman races have you done now? Half I think, or full? I think four. Four total. So. Four total. You've done so two fulls two, and two halves? Two fulls, two halves. Okay. Yeah. So a half probably seems like a piece of cake after doing two fulls, but you're 24 hours removed from the half marathon over in Frankfurt this yep. past weekend. Uh, Where's, where's the body at, and what were your assessments of uh, the race here in northern Michigan now shifting to uh, Lake Michigan shoreline at Frankfurt? To Frankfurt, yeah. You know, I, I think um, the, the half Ironman, is a, it's, it's definitely an easier distance to travel for, or to, to, to train for. It's just not a full-time job. Uh, when, when you do a full, it's a whole nother kettle of fish. So the half's a nice distance. Um, you know, there's a, there's an elephant in the room when you talk about Ironman in northern Michigan, and that that's the traffic issues that they had with the Traverse City location. Traverse City location was great, but it was so hard to get that course set up where it wasn't a major inconvenience for the people who were trying to get in and out of Leelanau County. And I think all the competitors understood that on race day. We all felt bad about the traffic tie-up. So relocating it to Frankfurt was kind of a, an opportunity to get a fresh start and maybe deal with especially on the bike course, you, you know, you need 56 miles of road that are not going to be very accessible. And I think Frankfurt found a way to use M22 in a way that was as least disruptive for 
the, the people that use M22 or live along M22 as possible. So that, that was really nice to, to have that different setting, to have a course that felt like it was better embraced by most of the people. Um, and the feedback that we've seen over the last 24 hours or so has shown that, um, that, that it seemed to be a relatively popular event in Frankfurt. You know, if you look at busy summer weekends for businesses, restaurants, hotels, you know, short-term rentals, um, we're kind of past the peak season for Frankfurt. If you were in Frankfurt this weekend, it was as busy as right. any summer, any summer. So it's a big boost. You have a lot of people that travel a long ways that are going to be eating, you know, meals Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's not just like a marathon where people come in for a day. People come in for three days. Um, so they're, they're renting, they're filling up their gas tanks, they're eating restaurants, uh, eating a lot of meals out. Um, Frankfurt had great volunteer crowds, people along the path. Um, so in terms of that, it's an event that can have a huge impact on a community. Um, as for the event itself, it was a gorgeous course. It was beautiful riding up and down M22, a lot of shade, uh, nice hills. Um, and the, the run course was really cool because we ran around Betsy Bay into Alberta and then back uh, back into Frankfurt a couple of times, did a couple loops. So it was really a cool event. Um, I don't know what the total participation numbers were, but there were people, you know, as you ride and run, you see people wear their shirts where they're from. And, you know, you saw a lot of people from Ohio, a lot of people um, from Illinois, from all around the Midwest to come do this event. So I, I think it was a success. It was great weather, you know, upper 60s. It, peak daytime temperature that's what you want, yeah. that's what you want. so I, I think it was really fun i had a good day i enjoyed it i smiled a lot uh and so so that that's good and anytime you get to do an event like that and sleep the night before in your own bed is a plus right yeah well to dig into your psyche a little more of yeah. being an iron man yeah. since you've done the four and especially because you've done the full ones now yeah what made you want? I, I've done a triathlon. I've done a half marathon. I ran cross country in high school. I've run some pretty tough running workouts in my life that I can I can put myself in an upper echelon yeah. of of toughness as far sure. as that sport's concerned. But you're obviously hitting it at a whole nother level. When did you first realize you wanted to do an Ironman, and how did that go about getting ready for your first one? Yeah, you know, um, I'm I'm a lot older than you. So I remember back the ABC Wide World of Sports, when you didn't have cable TV on Saturdays, that's what you watched. And they talked about this event in, in Kona, Hawaii, and it was the Ironman World Championship. And, and they used to do these three hour long, pre-produced kind of recaps of the event. And I remember as a kid recording it on my VCR. Uh, so that tells you how old it was. And watching it over and over again and thinking that looks like the hardest thing possible. Like you got to swim really far and then you got to ride really far and then you got to run really far. And um, and and I just remember watching it and he, seeing how well these stories were told by by the people at ABC Sports. And, and so it was always in the back of my mind ever since I was a little kid. Um, and then I, I hit my mid 30s and, and I, I needed to lose some weight. And, and I decided, all right, I need to have a goal because just losing weight isn't going to be enough to do it because it hadn't been up to that point in my life and so I said I'm gonna sign up and do an Ironman and in order to get to the finish line after 140 miles I knew I needed to lose weight so that was I, that was it was kind of a I had this childhood dream and I also needed to make a change in my life and so the two just kind of merged in my mid-30s 
And that makes sense, because I remember growing up seeing a, a Mark Chalette with a, a chubbier face that, on the yeah, news, was, and then I yeah. started working here, and you didn't have that I weight anymore. That, so yeah. that explains it. The Iron Man era had fully taken over yeah. by the time I got here 11 years ago. Uh, not to date both of us. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it's been different for other races, but of the three yesterday, what was the most challenging for you, you think? Oh, by far the swim. The swim for me was a disaster. It was... Um, uh, open water swimming is something that I don't think very many people feel very comfortable with because you're swimming with 2,000 other people yeah. who are all super amped up. You know, so they're like they've been training. When you for can't this. see each other. You can't water. really see each yeah. other. There's a lot of adrenaline going. There's a lot of fear, uh, and people are splashing around. And and in the back of your mind, you're picturing just how easy it would be for one of those people to go under the water and nobody notice. You know, and there's a lot of kayakers out there and paddle boards and, and emergency boats. But it would be real easy. Um, and so the swim was a mess for me. I The cold water hit me and I just struggled to breathe the entire time, uh, which is not, I'm not a bad swimmer, but yesterday was bad. It was just bad. And you kind of, at one point, I just rolled over on my back and stared up at the clouds and was like, okay, I, I have a choice to make. I either finish this thing or, or not. And, and, and so I just enjoyed the rest of the day. And I, I had a good run and I had a good bike ride and, and I just... I, t I kind of accepted it right at the beginning that things had gone astray. And, and after that, the pressure was off and, and, and I said, just enjoy today. And I did, and I, I, had, I overcame that. So I'm, that's, that, that's what I'm, I'm more proud of overcoming what was some scary moments than, than whatever the finish time would have been, so. So can you say on the podcast right now, do you think you'll do one more, at least half <laughs> Ironman in the future? Or is there a chance that was your last Ironman competition? I... You know, like if you can't say that definitively when your legs are sore and your toenails are falling off the day after, then probably it's probably not my last one. You know, like that's the time where you're like, I'm never doing that again. It's like tequila. Like the morning after you drink a lot of tequila, you're like, never again. And then three weeks later, you're drinking tequila again. I think it's the same kind of thing where if I can't say definitively, nope, that's it, I'm done. Um, I enjoy, I'm not fast enough to race shorter distances. You know, like I've never been good at a 5K or even a 10K. I've, I'm not terrible at a marathon distance, but you need, I need to go that long in order to feel like, oh, I'm moving fast. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't mind the, the Ironman distance. It's, it's a, it's, it's a lot to train for. Um, but for me, going out and running a half marathon is easier than running a 5K because the 5K seems like a lot of work, whereas a half marathon, it's just longer work, but I'm not running at that pace, you know, and I, I can enjoy it a little bit more. Um, if I ran faster, a half marathon, it probably seemed like more work. So no, I, I don't think that's the last one. I don't know when the next one will be, but that may not be the last Do one. Do you still get the medals and like geek out about the medal or is at this point just there's another one for the pile? No, no, like the medal, like, yeah, you no, like, I, I, I'm not wearing it now. They're pretty nice medals. They're though, pretty right? nice yeah. medals, yeah, you were, you pay a lot for those medals, mm -hmm. both in sweat yeah, and right. actual money. Um, no, like, the, yeah, you still geek out with the medals, you know, uh, and, and I have them all hanging up at home, and it's kind of fun to look in the memories, and, and you can remember every marathon or every race and look at that medal and think oh that was a good day or oh the wheels really came off that day or what did I learn that day because I think you learn something with every single race and and you have memories and people that random people that you talk to when you really your spirits were low or, or something like that and so yeah like the medals are 
I don't keep the race bibs anymore. Um, you know, and I could probably, I could probably go the next two months of only wearing race t-shirts, uh, you know, cause you keep those to cut grass in and stuff like that. But the metals, they're, they're kind of special. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the hardware. I yeah. still have a lot of mine from the important races as yeah. well, like you said. Um, Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a while. Like, you keep the medals, but it will be a while before I drink Gatorade or or eat another banana. Because you get a lot of those free on the course. Yeah. I and and I'm good on bananas for a while. Yeah, bad, bad mental place. Yeah, it's just a taste that. where you're just like, no, I don't, I don't want to eat that again. It's not my, not my spot. Yeah. Something about, oh, okay. Um, you obviously have well, as well have done. Have you done Boston twice now? Or just I've done Boston. Yeah, it took me... Um, did you do it twice? I did it twice. Yeah, okay. yeah, I did it the year after the bombing, and then I did it two years after that. So that, that would have been like 2014 and 2016. Yeah. But it took yeah, me... Yeah, the first time you did it, it just seemed way bigger. <laughs> yeah, it, it took me 20 years to qual to get a qualifying time for Boston. Uh, and so that, well, that... So wrapping this all this yeah. whole experience together of all of your races you've done, yeah. running or triathlon-based, what, what has been the signature one for you? Wow, that's a toughie. Um, the full-length Ironmans are a major accomplishment, but they're grueling, and and they were not. It was an accomplishment, but it was not enjoyable. You know, like it, it was like significant, but I it broke me. Um, you know, running Boston in twenty fourteen because that was. Uh, you had to I had to qualify. I took an hour and a half off of my personal best from my from off my marathon in order to qualify. And running Boston that year, every year Boston is special. But the people were back lining the streets after the bombing, and they were as you're running by, you can't believe that there are people five or six deep on either side for 26 miles, and they're thanking you for giving them back their Patriots Day. Um, and that was like unbelievable, like the pride and 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 the, the 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 traditions that those spectators have in hosting this event, and to get to be a part of that, um, and to kind of take it back from the headlines of the people that were hurt and the trial of the bomber and and all of that stuff, to take it back to giving it back to this day in Boston that's so special for Boston, to get to be such an infinitely small part of that and to get to witness that that was probably the coolest thing that's the medal that if somebody said your house is on fire you got to grab one mm -hmm. that's the one i'm grabbing that's the question i should have asked yeah right, so that's, now we know. Yep. that's the one that i'm grabbing and it makes sense it was it was really cool i remember that first time like i said kind of blanking on the second time but yeah. i remember the first time we kind of gave updates on you and yeah yep that was obviously the year right after so that was very unique yeah um all right i think we've milk the idea of running races to yeah. death. So uh, let's transition to our other topic we wanted to talk to you about because you obviously have a unique amount to say about this. <laughs> Patriot game. Yes. Central versus West. Yes. Uh, it, it's back on the menu this week, and we're excited to have a full crowd, unlike last yes. year where we couldn't do it that way because of COVID. Um, you've seen a lot of versions of these games mm -hmm. before they were the Patriot game, since they've been the Patriot game, just as a regular old guy as a father supporting both your sons playing in it. Yeah. Uh, going back to before you had kids playing in the game, just what were your earliest memories of catching this game here in Northern Michigan and seeing like, wow, this is really something like that seems way bigger than Northern Michigan, but yeah, here it is. Well, you know, that Central West, it, 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 
it was always a rivalry and anything in any sport and anything they do it's a rivalry um i think when you when you couple it with uh so so that was always fun and at that time um pre pre patriot game they were two powerhouses in the conference whoever won that game probably had the inside track to winning the conference so from a football x's and o's standpoint it's a significant game because you're you're got a leg up on the biggest competition when it when it transferred into when when tim Moore brought it about to make it into this patriot game where we truly honor those that are serving have served and have given their lives to the country i remember that first patriot game and i I, I'm gonna guess that there were 13,000 people in that stadium, yep. and they were lining like every seat was full, and they were lining the entire field. Um, it's the biggest crowd I've ever seen in Traverse City. Um, and then when they bring the veterans out onto the field, um, and the players, you know, that have you know worked all week firing up and you know getting ready to to bust heads, and then they go down and they shake all those veterans' hands before kickoff. It's emotional. It is a powerful, powerful night beyond anything. Before the first snap, it's a powerful night. It's a meaningful night. Um, and then you couple all of that, that, that tradition and then this, the service and sacrifice, and then you get a really good football game out of it where you've got two bands there playing you know, at each other. You've got two big fan bases. You've got student body left and student body right. And it is, it's the type of... It's an environment that you. I don't think you find. You don't find it in college football because the stadiums are too big. Everybody's too separated. It is electric. It is. Um, it is loud. It is loud from the first play until the last play. Um, and and it's just an energy. It it means so much on so many levels that I don't think you could you couldn't have that every week in high school football because it just it, it, it's the uniqueness of it that I think adds up to Bottling that energy. Up for yeah. that one week. Yeah. yeah. So there's so many levels that that game works and 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 and, and, and we haven't even talked about there's a rivalry there. So it's not just competitive, it's not just you know to to give thanks and to honor. Uh you've got kids that um you know the Central West thing is kind of like um it's kind of like when you have two brothers in a family. Like inside the house, they will fight, they will snip, they will slam doors, they'll yell at each other and everything like that. You go outside and you're not allowed, you know, like I've got your back, I've got your back. And I think that's a lot of the Central West kids are like that where like, you know, if somebody else says something bad about Traverse City, they're going to have each other's backs. But you, you put them in that and Thurlby Field and, you know, they're out there to, to play football and getting, win. Yeah, you're getting your enemies back. Yeah, you're, yeah, you don't, you don't need to do that. Exactly. I think there's a fair amount of respect um, between, the, between the, the two schools and between the football players that are out there on the field um, because they know how hard they've worked to, 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 to play football. Um, there, there's probably more respect between the, the players on either side than there are the fans on either side. Um, but they also want to get out there and they, they both want to win. And, and it means a lot. And it's bragging rights for a year, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and, and so, uh, so yeah, winning, winning the Patriot game is, is a big deal. Uh, I've, I've been fortunate with my boys to have really fun weekends after that Friday night and have really sad weekends after that Friday night. And as a parent, you just you're like, 
oh, please, I hope they win this game because it's going to be a much more fun weekend at the house, right. you know. Um, and, and that game has had a little bit. We've had blowouts. We've had season-ending injuries. We've had surprise wins. We've had tight games. Um, you never know what to expect. You know, there, there's that cliche of, well, throw out the record books when rivalry games. It's not even that predictable. You don't know. Like, you just don't know. There have been times where I thought, oh, this is going to be a, a four-touchdown game, and it's 28-26. You, you just don't know. I think the nerves, you know, the nerves are up there so that sometimes there are some – it's normally – takes a quarter or so for everyone to kind of hit their stride and kind of be like, this is what we do. So it, it's just a fun game to, to go watch and be a part of. And, um, and, and I think w- w- even when I don't have kids anymore in the program, I'll probably still go back and check it out. Right. It's, I, I mean, as you have to, I, yeah. I'm obviously a Traverse city central alum for those of you who didn't know. And, uh, yeah, it's still special to me. I don't want to say that I always am cheering for central cause I'm biased here. I'm unbiased here in the news. But uh, I definitely get a little more excited when I know Central has won that game in a given year than West. Having said that, for anybody who's listening, I have no care at all who wins the game. I, I at the most part, just like everybody else, want a good, fin- an exciting game yeah. and to see which team really has what it takes. And if you see that in a final final minute, final drive atmosphere, that makes it even better. It makes a win better for that team, too, because yeah. they really felt like they'd done something. Last yeah. few years, Central's kind of taken yeah. control of this, this yeah. rival. They shut them out two years ago. And last year it was a 53-13, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it wasn't close, yeah. So the Trojans have had this one in their in their back pocket pretty easily the last few years. Just by momentum and statistical history, and, and based on how West has looked so far this year, I do not see that happening this year. Mark, are you with me? Are we going to get another close finish? It just seems like it's, these two are going to be very evened up again this it's year. It's so hard. And I think one of the things that makes this game really cool is this is like a prep for the playoffs. For these two schools, because uh, everyone's juiced. It's kind of easy by about week six to kind of hit, you know, okay, you know, we got a game Friday night, whatever. And again, you just kind of grind it out until you get to playoffs. This is like an important game. You got to win it, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's juiced. So this is this is normally a good test of how you're going to fare when the games really, really matter, you know, in, in the playoffs. So that that's a good one. I, I don't know. I've um, I've seen every West game, uh, and so I've seen what they look like. Um, you know, d- defensively, they, they look strong. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I, think, I think you would have to say, if you're going strength on strength, you're going Central's offense, West defense, probably. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the way it's been for so the last three or yeah. four years. Mm-hmm. You know, probably since Ryan Hayes was, you know, playing tight end, and West won and broke the streak, um, you know, that's when you, you might say, well, West's offense was actually the strength. But I think it's it's going to be a, does, can, can West's defense stop Central's offense? And Central's offense has looked really good this year. Um, especially, they've, they've had some, if memory, you can correct me on this, first halves have been kind of tight, but other teams get fatigued and Central can score quickly. Yeah. Central's always yeah. been able to score quickly on you. But they can put up 21, 28 points in a quarter real quick, and suddenly that close halftime game is not a close halftime game. So it's just gonna it's gonna come down to um, who whose whose strength is stronger. Right, and it, it's really weird to look at the schedule so far. Uh, Central, I think, without a doubt, has played the best team so far in Dewitt, the yes. defending Division Three champions at the Big House. 
but West's three wins, I think, are way more impressive than either of Central's so far. So that given stake, you know, you, hey, what you do leading up to this game does play a factor. I don't care what anybody says. So that's what we're looking at as yeah. the uh, domino effect so far for the first three weeks of the season. Uh, you know, just to pick your brain a little bit about yeah. having kids in the house that are yeah. playing in those games. What are those weeks like for, you know, your older son Andy is now playing at Hope, your yeah. younger son Ben's in his senior year at West. What are those weeks like for those guys around the house? What Did you notice anything different, or are they a little more motivated? I guess describe it's, it to me as a parent. What's that like for those guys? Well, and, and every kid handles it differently. Um, uh, Andy would get real nervous, like on like Monday, you know, um, and he, it would be on his mind of everything that he's having to do. Ben Ben's a little quieter with stuff like that. Um, I th- they they probably pick up. I think the coaches probably for the most part are like it's a big game, but they handle it like a normal week. It's probably the kids at school that are like you can you can sense the Feeding energy. Yeah, you know, like we we you know this is important. This is important, and and everything like that. Um, so it is a different week. Um, I think they pick up more energy for home games versus away game. You know, if you're going to if, if on a Friday night you're going to Alpena to play, there's probably not a lot of buzz around school because not a lot of kids are traveling from Traverse City to go watch the Alpena game, you know. Especially as West has never lost to Alpena. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Knock, knock on wood. Uh, so so th- I think when it's in town and your everyone at your school is talking about it and when you bump into kids who go to the other high school and they're talking about it, and they're selling t-shirts and there's so much you know parents are how do we get tickets on tuesday instead of friday when we stroll into the gate they're fully aware of how much this matters to everyone and that probably feeds into a lot of it but yeah every kid's different and um you know if if you're if you're lucky you you may get three patriot games in your career if you if you play varsity as a sophomore you may get three most likely you get two um and and i think those those young men and and women um, who play, they look forward to this. This is like their, you know, one or two shots at being in that, in that energy and in that excitement. So it's a different week. Um, I don't know if it's a better week at practice. You'd have to talk to the coaches. Like, are the kids actually focused or or are they, is it weighing on them? Yeah. Like, you know, do you just kind of have to take a break and, and, you know, let them be kids for a little bit, or, or young men and women. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it'll be fun. I think it'll be a it'll be fun to. I don't know. You've been at a lot of games this fall. It's fun to see the bands back. It's fun to see student sections. You know, like, um, obviously, not a lot of people got to watch a lot of high school football last year. You and I got to go shoot a lot of games, um, and it was weird. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, Every, it, everything about sports has been weird. Weird since March of twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. It's just felt like something was missing. Like this, the the sport was still going on, but there wasn't the energy. Um, it just didn't feel right. And to be back in stadiums, um, and and uh, and and have that that noise and that energy and everything like that, it's so nice to see. And you know, I'm just hoping that that we can get through as many normal things this year that the kids missed out on last year definitely yeah i i wasn't able to be at last year's patriot game and uh yeah i it would have been interesting to be in the middle of a basic what five they had about 500 fans in there for that one right if that like so yeah it team. was it was thin um yeah like yeah, like, yeah we, we may have had more 
we had a staff we had streaming we, yeah, it. yeah yeah staff streaming it then it seems like fans because they were you know you may have had 500 people there between the two stands and they were all socially distanced so everyone was like six, eight, ten, yeah. twelve feet apart, several rows apart from each other. So it was like a smattering of people. It was like a beach bums game. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, John Warfel, if you're yeah. somehow listening. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Iron Man last week, Patriot yeah. game this week. What are you gonna do to keep up that excitement next week? Well, actually, Friday night's the Patriot game, and then Saturday we're headed down to Hope to watch Big Brother play. So, uh, so every Saturday we got a, a Hope game, and every Friday we have a, a, a TC West game. So it's like the most awesome dad uh, sports weekend. I have not watched any college or pro football this year because uh, that's why I'm watching live football of my kids. And, you know, I, it, it's remarkable as a parent how teams that used to live and die by how they did like, you know, U of M or if you're a Lions fan and that kind of set the tone for the entire day when, when it's your kids out there playing, it totally changes. Like, you know, like, Oh, it'd be nice if Michigan won or it'd be nice if the Lions won, but somehow like your heart is really have a new favorite, team. a new favorite team. And, and, um, and you're really pulling for wins there and to get to see, uh, to get to see my kids play, and and works work hard um and and care about something and and give their heart and their effort and their passion to something that that they want to accomplish and that they've had to work hard at um is so rewarding you know it's really cool to see uh so so it's funny as a parent when when you watch sports you watch it very differently than than when you're a fan um and so it, it's really it's um, it's it's special. So. All right. Well, that settles it. Uh, I got to be a dad. You got to be a dad. Ladies, it's, it's... you're on notice. <laughs> Somebody's got to help me make have kids. No, I'm just kidding. Next podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just solicit that out and that just because of the new dating app is screaming out dating uh, resumes on podcasts. Uh, cool. We're all set, Mark. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, being another one of my guests and being a guest that was literally just right across the yeah, newsroom. Yeah, like six cubicles away. So we'll do this whenever. And uh, and everybody that goes out to the Patriot game this weekend, I hope you enjoy it and uh, and have fun. Definitely. Good stuff coming up Friday night from Thurlby Field. We will, of course, have that game covered. All the important stuff you need to know on Friday's edition of Hometown Highlights. So be sure to join us. For that, it should be another exciting week of high school football. We're already a third of the way through the regular season. It seemed like we just got started, and that's that's always how football goes. Football flies by. It's once a week. You kind of look forward to it all week. Then you'll wind down, you, you decompress over the weekend, and then you jump right back into the next week. Before we know it, we're going to be getting those playoff matchups. I saw the guy snooze to you on Twitter. Has already dropped his projections for the upcoming playoffs, which are still six weeks away, but he's already slotting everybody in by division and playoff points and where he thinks the matchups are going to be. So uh, maybe I'll pass those along in future weeks. We've got a long ways to go, but uh, if you want to look at those yourself, Snooze to You is on Twitter and at Snooze number two U. You can check him out. Uh, great stuff for him. And if anybody loves bracketology from Joe Lenardi for college basketball, it's basically the same thing for high school football. <laughs> So check that out if you want to and uh, have a second or two. And uh, while we shift the conversation out, a real quick touch-up on the Detroit sports scene. Why not? Let's start with the Detroit Lions. Uh, losing cornerback Jeff Okuda today, well, as of Monday when this is recorded officially, 
that's such a that blow for the Lions, a, a team that really looked like they were down and out for the season to start and then actually pulled together a nice little comeback against the San Francisco 49ers before uh, failing to really come back in the end, dropping the opener 41-33 to at Ford Field. Uh, I know that you know Dan Campbell showed that he could rally those troops for a little more, so definitely you're taking something away from that. Having said that, you got to look at the results, and the Lions are looking at those results seeing 0-1, and that is not how they want to start because even if you played tr- tough down the stretch, that's still what the record says. Uh, Jared Goff looked okay in his debut, definitely not as impressive as Matthew Stafford for the Rams. But uh, I think Goff will be a good enough QB here for the rest of the year to at least keep the Lions competitive in a lot of these games. Keep in mind, San Francisco could be in the best division in the NFL. The NFC West between Arizona, San Francisco, Seattle, and the Rams. I mean, that could you could see one of those teams in the Super Bowl this year, and you may not even know what team it is just yet. So losing to the Rams isn't necessarily a bad thing. A real litmus test here for both teams might be this upcoming Monday night football game where the Lions are going to face the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it's usually a place that they don't do well in Lambeau Field, but that's going to be the the host site. And the Packers coming off, I just you want to talk about embarrassing losses and losses that your fan base can't really recover from. They did not like at all how their team got blanketed by the New Orleans Saints, and that was a neutral site game technically because the game was moved out of New Orleans because of the hurricane a few weeks ago. The Packers dropping that game to the Sorry, I want to make sure. I, I thought it was 38-3, and I had to look up and verify that it was. Three points. Aaron Rodgers in his last dance season with Green Bay, uh, not even scoring a touchdown. So that looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better, if it ever gets better as far as he's concerned with time in Green Bay. Uh, but Monday will teach us a lot about both teams, at least which team is in the first part of the season more willing to uh, put up a fight to get that win. So we'll find out uh, what's going to happen on Monday Night Football next week. Real quick notes, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, they were both in action this weekend. They're both 2-0. Wolverines getting that needed win over Washington. And a Pac-12 team that probably isn't as bad as the Week 1 result suggested, but Michigan knocking off Washington, moving to 2-0. They're now ranked 25th in the nation. So, you know, maybe secretly, quietly, this could be Michigan's year to really sneak up on people. I still don't think this is the year they beat Ohio State, but if you beat everybody else but Ohio State, that's a pretty impressive 11-1 record. And maybe, you know, deep down inside, that's what Michigan fans are hoping for. We'll have to find out. On the flip side of that coin, Michigan State fans definitely aren't hoping for that. They would like to win the rivalry with the Wolverines yet again, just as they did last year. Spartans coming off an easy win over Youngstown State. Going to get a little harder for them this weekend. Got to go down to South Beach, play the Miami Hurricanes in a great non-conference tilt between the ACC and the Big Ten. We'll find out what Sparty is made of in that road game. Miami played Alabama on the grand stage national TV a few weeks ago. Kind of got shell-shocked a little bit there. So we're going to find out what kind of team Miami is really in these big situations since they're a ranked opponent. And Michigan State, if they pull off that win, maybe we see the Spartans ranked this time next week in the AP Top 25 poll. Michigan will be at home against Northern Illinois in a MAC Big Ten crossover. So more exciting football coming our way this weekend. A lot of fun stuff to look forward to. As we mentioned, Red Wings camp returning to town this week with the Prospects Tournament and then the main training camp next week. So that fall season just keeps rolling over into the next, just as these hometowner episodes keep rolling over into the next. I know all five of you can't get enough of them, so you'll have to wait patiently for Episode 4 when it's dropped next. But until then, I'm your host, Sports Director Harrison Beebe, saying have a good one, and uh, we'll see you next time.